I invite you to join me in On Fire with Linda Fields. It's a movement designed to calibrate, validate, and activate men and women like you who love God, putting your God-inspired passions and plans into action to carry out your callings in all seven spheres of influence. That's business and economy, government, education, family, arts, media, and church. On Fire with Linda Fields exists to help you complete your God-given assignments with a community of kingdom connections. Whether it's increasing your current sphere of influence or changing paths to walk into your purpose, if you want to set the world ablaze through Christ's power, join the movement at www.onfire.global. Good morning, everybody. I'm so excited to introduce you to my beautiful new friend, Janet Broling. Janet, good morning. Good morning. We've had a time today with our technology, haven't we? Oh, we have. <laughs> but we persevered. And I'm so excited today for our audience to meet you and hear more about all the ways that you have persevered in your life. You're such an incredible example to people, men and women of all ages, about what it looks like to live a life on fire with God, with your passion. That's honestly what attracted me to want to know you better at a meeting where we both were just a few months ago. And as I watched you speak and, and talk about the things you're doing, I thought, now that woman has something I want to. So today, that's my prayer that this uh, conversation as we kind of just look behind the curtain of, of your life and where God's led you and what's gone on, that we'll be inspired to live our lives on fire too. Is that okay with you? Oh my, I, I'm so honored to be here today and to, uh, to be talking with you, Linda. It's just such a great opportunity. And I just love to talk about Jesus. So this is great. And what he's done for me, you know, I've lived 85 years. So I've had a lot of experiences in my life. Amazing. You know, I, I'm going to have a lot more, you know. Oh, yeah. 120. Isn't that what we're going for? Yeah, maybe not that many, but come on. <laughs> well, let's get right to it. We have so many wonderful things to talk about. As I was reading uh, more about you and your bio and all, I, I saw a reference that intrigued me to the subject of prayer. I love prayer and, and all of us who are following the Lord know that is our secret for communing with the Lord, getting instructions, getting um, encouragement, getting direction, salvation. I mean, everything, right? And I saw a comment you made that said something about there was a year where uh, something that God put on your heart went, took you from the place of private prayer into an arena of prayer ministry on a large scale. Would you tell us that story? Oh, I'd be delighted to tell you about that. That was a wonderful, okay. uh, wonderful gift that God gave me. But, you know, um, talking about prayer, uh, I think we sometimes learn the power of prayer through other people. And I learned it through my mother. My mother was a fantastic woman of prayer, great power. And she prayed. And But I didn't pray. I didn't learn to pray for myself until my mother died. And when my mother died, I had depended upon her prayers for me. When she died, I thought I need to grow up and take possession of my own life and my own prayer life. So as the years uh, went on, I 
learned more and more about prayer. But right before um, I, God spoke to me in a great way, and he had uh, taken me to from the East Coast to the West Coast for a meeting, and a friend of ours was telling about how his son was suffering from cancer, and they were out on the boat on the ocean, and his son was just talking with God and calling down God's power, and he said it was such an incredible experience. And he said, I thought, I need that power with God. I want to know God that way. And so he said, you know, when I got home, I said, God, you know, he's a law. He was a lawyer. He said, I give you maybe 15 minutes a day. I'll spend an hour in the newspaper, but 15 minutes or five minutes for you. I want to start giving you an hour a day. So he told about how God had changed his life when he started praying an hour a day. And this was spoke to me uh, because I had read The Cross and the Switchblade. And when David Wilkerson was in New York City and the, the, the gangs were so terrible, God spoke to him and he had this new church down on Times Square. And he said, uh, turn off your TV and pray from 11 to 12. And that's what he started doing at night. And when he started doing that, God opened this his his life up and he met some of the gang members. And then we, I don't know if anyone has remembered or read The Cross of the Switchblade, yeah. but it was an amazing story of what God did. And so when our friend said, you know, I wanted to pray like my son. So I went back to, to the New York area where we lived and I said, God, you know, I would love to give you an hour a day. Now, I don't want it to be a ritual, God. I want it to be really meaningful uh, that you really meet with me. And so I started, at, by God's grace, giving God an hour a day. Many times he would awaken me in the middle of the night and I would get up and go pray. And, and I would never take a clock with me to know what time it was. But when I would go and leave my bedroom and come back almost always it would be at about an hour and I would pray until I came into praise I would be praying for the things that I wanted to pray for when I hit praise and I would know okay Lord I can go back to sleep I can go back to bed so I would do that and that had been the pattern I developed that for uh, about a year and one of those times in the morning it was God awakened me one morning um, and in August of 1995, in fact, August the 20th, and it was a Sunday morning, and he awakened me, and he convicted me of three things I had done that weekend that displeased him, and so I, uh, my heart was just broken, and I got up, and I went down to my library, and I started praying and confessing my sin, and while, after I had confessed my sin, God gave me this vision of this incredible atmosphere of his glory and it was filled with with people and it was a specific place Madison Square Garden now I had only been in Madison Square Garden one time since we had moved to the east coast and it was to a tennis match but I said okay Lord so that was Sunday morning and I I came up from prayer and God had given me some verses that just confirmed this. So when I got up from my prayer life, went back to my prayer, went back to bed and pray. I slept until we went to, got up and went, went to church. But this excitement was just filled me. It was like it was done. 
It was like, here it was. It was all that. No big names, uh, no, no titles, only the name of Jesus. That's what we were to talk about, only the name of Jesus. And so then uh, Sunday all day, the excitement was there. Monday, I awakened. And, and Monday, I went up, the excitement was still there. I went to my uh, friend who was, uh, I like a mentor with me, a prayer mentor for me. And I went, to, I said, may I come over? And she said, come on over. So anyway, we prayed. And then she said, now what's your plan? I said, well, the first plan is to get my husband's approval. So I went home that night when my husband came home for dinner, uh, we had dinner and uh, I made sure he had dinner first. And then I said, I have something to talk to you about, you know? And so he said, well, what is it? And so I told him what God had given me. And so he looked at me and he said, well, if you think God has told you this, go ahead. And then, but I could tell by his body language that he thought I'd gone around the corner, you know, <laughs> what's wrong with my wife? She's lost it, you know, uh, but he said, you know, go ahead. If you think God has done, I've given you this. So the next morning, Tuesday morning, uh, that I awakened and the excitement was gone and terror filled me. I mean, I awakened and I thought, who do I think I am? What do I think? How do I think I can do this? And I was just lying in bed, just filled with this terror. And then I, God started reminding me of things he had done in our lives. And I thought, Lord, if this is of you, this is no big deal for you. For me, it's impossible, but for you, it's no big deal. And so I, uh, I decided I will fast and pray. So I fasted and prayed for three days. And at the, at the end of that time, then I called, actually, I called, uh, I called Madison Square Garden. I went to the, I went to the phone. We had the phone directly, directly. Yeah. You know, I went to the phone directory. I looked for Madison Square Garden. I called it up. I asked for the leasing agent and this young man answered. And so he asked what he could do for me. And so I told him I wanted to have a, to, to rent the garden and I wanted to have a prayer summit. Now, I expected him to say, oh, we, we're, we're not interested in that. But he said, come on down. Bring your checkbook and come on down. So I made an appointment for a week away. That gave me a whole week just to pray and see God's face. And so during that time, that's what I did. I just prayed. Well, I'm going to shorten the story because uh, that was in 1995. And God brought a prayer gathering and we fasted and prayed on a rotational basis for 40 days and to see what God wanted to do, God began to open doors in New York City. Now, I lived right across the, the river from, uh, from New York City in, in, in New Jersey. And so uh, we, I had friends and we would go in and pray. We'd walk around the garden. We'd pray about this. And these people were, who were fasting and praying for what God wanted to do in that garden for that, for that day uh, were from five states all over the country. And I, my day of fasting and prayer was on Saturday. And I would fast and pray from midnight to midnight. Sunday morning, the person who had Sunday would fast and pray. And that's how what we did for 40 days. 
We did nothing. We just waited for God. And then God began to open doors. And so to make a long story short, in 1997, October the 4th, 1997, um, uh, upon the Marquee uh, 7th Avenue in, in New York City, uh, the Marquee stopped and it said, Jesus bids us come to the Women's Prayer Summit. And it was stopped there for a whole day while we had uh, the Women's Prayer Summit that day. Uh, uh, we were in the theater at Madison Square Garden, not the arena. We were in the theater at Madison Square Garden that held, uh, held about 6,000. The arena holds 20,000, but we were in the, uh, in the theater. And it was the most incredible meeting that God gave. He brought reconciliation. And uh, then we had another one the next year. There was another one in 1998 uh, and in October. And then, uh, then my husband and I moved from the New York City area back to Chicago uh, and the, in Illinois. And so uh, God had taken me then from my prayer closet into the public prayer. But then when we got back into Chicago, this had been such an incredible experience for me. You know, we had, you know, thousands of women at, at the prayer summit we had um, on the first prayer summit we had over um, we had over uh, 300 churches represented from all denominations all uh, to ethnic ethnic uh, back backgrounds and it was just an, an amazing thing and it was just we we started talking about John 17 that was what it was unity and the Lord's prayer and what he told us and God brought unity uh, in that city and I'm still uh, in constant conversation and prayer and ministry in different ways with the women that God brought because he had he took them from that that time and he has flung them all over the world in their own ministry. <laughs> I love so that. It is so exciting to see what he has done within the lives of other women. In fact, two of the women on that committee are going to be going to a prayer gathering in Dubai next month. So I'm so excited, you know, where God has taken people uh, from, from that time. So that's what prayer does. Prayer is the power. Um, when I came back then, to Illinois, God took me out of the public again. He said, I want you to, I want you to go back into the closet and pray. And so I went back, I resigned from everything I had been involved in. And I just spent a year back in prayer with God, seeing what he wanted to do. And during that time, my husband needed me there because our business was going through a difficult time and he needed my prayer support and my family needed my prayer support. And so that's what I did for another year. And then one day uh, God said, okay, now you can start, you can start accepting some of these invitations. And so that's when he let me go out again into the public uh, with the prayer ministry. But God has, it's, uh, the prayer is so powerful. That's the power. And today, uh, fasting and prayer, I know that fasting and prayer is how that's enabled God to do what he did in New York City in that, in that uh, pr women's prayer summit. So that's, that's, that's 
a powerful journey. I love the detail and just the, the journey God's had you on. And I love that you're listening to him, Janet, and going with his leadership. This is so important. It's critical for our lives. I know recently the Lord's taken you into a journey to produce something called Inquiry into Majesty, which is a wonderful book. I'm so happy to have my hands on, but it's so much more than a book. It's a journey of study into the message of John. Uh, would you tell us how this came about, Inquiry into Majesty, and how people are using it? Oh, yes. I would love to tell you about Inquiry into Majesty. Here it is. Um, yes. You know, um, I had taught uh, the book of John um, a, a couple of times. And when um, uh, when I felt God at the last the last time I had taught John, uh, it was to a young woman in Chicago. And then we were moving from Chicago and I felt God say, write the story. And so I said, but God, you know, write the story. Well, the first book that I had written had been about the story about the, the Women's Prayer Summit. And when God gave me uh, the direction to write that story after he brought me out of the closet uh, and uh, women had called me to ask me to come back for another Women's Prayer Summit uh, in 2010, uh, I really, I really waited for God. And when he said to write the story, uh, I said, but Lord, I've never written a book before. And he said, I just felt, you know, that God said to me, had you ever done a Women's Prayer Summit before? Do you think you did that? Do you think you did that? You know, and so I had said, oh, God, forgive me. I will write the book. So I had written the book, What Can One Woman Do? And it's the story of what God did. So when God spoke to me that he wanted me to write the story of John, I, all right, but Lord, I don't think I can do it. So I, I started in, I tried. And I had taught it twice, but when I started trying to write it, I just, I couldn't do it. I mean, it was so powerful, Linda, that I thought, how do you ever take this book of John and put it on a piece of paper? There's no way I can do that. And then God gave me, God gave me a verse uh, and he gave me the verse and it, and it was from Deuteronomy 30, 14. And it said, uh, now what I am commanding you is not too difficult for you. It is not across, the, it is not in the heavens that you have to send someone to the heavens and retrieve it and bring it to you. No, it is not across the sea that you have to send someone across the sea and bring it back to you. No, the word is in your heart and in your mind so that you may obey my commands. So when God gave me that verse, okay, okay, I'll try it, Lord. So then I tried it again. And I had trouble. So then I put it aside. I just, I, Lord, I just, I'm having trouble. I just can't, I can't just, Lord, it's so incredible. I can't put it in this book. It's about you. How do you take your power and your glory and your majesty and write something? I just, it was beyond me. So I'd let it sit for a while. When God reminded me the third time, of that, of that verse, I was uh, in Israel and I was standing right uh, on the Israeli side of the Jordan River where uh, 
historians believe that Jesus was baptized. And we looked across the river, and that's Jordan, where Christians over there stood. They can't come across that river, but they would stay, stand on the other side, and Christians were on the Israeli side. And I was by that place, and God that morning had given me that verse again. What I am commanding you today is not too difficult for you. It's not a, it's not in the heavens. And so when he had given me that verse and I stood there, I said, Lord, I will, I will, by your grace, I will write this book. So when I got back uh, home, uh, I still had trouble writing it, but I attempted it. And it was just little by little, God opened the door for me to be able to hear. And uh, much of the writing of it, was done during COVID. And as I started writing, God just opened my heart and God opened his glories to me. I was able to write and it would be like, it was so exciting to me. Uh, I was able to write these wonderful things about our Lord down. And I would say, every morning I'd get up and I'd say, Lord, what do you have for me today? And I could hardly wait to get into my office, you know, to start writing. I love it. He was just opening it to me, unveiling it to me. And so it, that's how the book came about. And uh, it is, it's really, every time I read it, it's just, it's, I hate to say it, it's not my book because it's God's word. I just wrote down what God gave me. And when people would say about your book, no, this is, inquiry into majesty because I God gave me the ability just to ask him you know there's a verse that says ask of me ask of me of things long before your time of long before your time of days uh, long before your time from one end of the heavens to the other ask of me and that's in Deuteronomy also and so I would just ask of God from one end of the heavens to the other I would just ask Lord what do you mean by this what do you mean by that and that's how it came about so that's that's the story of inquiry into majesty <laughs> I know there's a prayer uh, Bible study guide that you've created for people who purchase the book to be able to use it like in a home study of their own, which is yes. awesome. And yes, uh, it's very, in fact, there's a free, it, it's free on the website uh, it, it, for who, for those who purchase the book and the, the, um, I have to tell you that the proceeds from the book are going to into illuminations.bible. And that's an organization of 10, um, 10 uh, linguistic ministries uh, who translating ministries and who are their goal is to get the Bible into every language uh, by the year 2033. There are still over 3000 languages and dialects where the word of God is not in the mother tongue and there, it's not even written. The languages are not even written. So the goal of Illuminations.Bible is to get the, the Bible in some form into every language by that year. And so the, the proceeds from the book go to that. However, on the, on the, um, website uh, there's the free study guide for anyone who buys the book also on the website is a, a a free audio book of inquiry into majesty for anyone to go to the website and you've got your your phone or your computer you just go and you can listen to it uh, so that's available on the website janetbrowling.org so that's beautiful janet Brilling. 
uh, B-R-O-L-I-N-G dot org. Beautiful. Now, isn't this being used as a study book in uh, some place? About. Uh, in New York at the, um, yes, I'm so excited at Bethel, uh, at Bethel Gospel uh, Assembly, Bethel Gospel Tabernacles Bible School, uh, Bethel Bible School um, is being taught to the seniors this year uh, as they study the book of John. So this is, the, and they're using this. At, so it's so exciting to see what God is doing with it. And then a church down in, in Baton Rouge, Louisiana has yes. had it in their study. And uh, also a study in Washington, D, uh, in the state of Washington, uh, Marysville, Washington. And uh, have they just finished their study of it. So it's uh, it's really been exciting to hear their comments and how God, how the word has spoken to them yes. through as they've opened it up and started inquiring, because that's what God wants us to do. Inquire of him. Dialogue. He loves to, he loves to uh, the father loves to showcase his son and Jesus through the Holy Spirit when we ask. That's right. Janet, I love how you are such a student of the word and you're a participant in God's storyline by hearing what the Lord has spoken and then participating in that as he invites you to. Um, what are some of the lessons that you would share with us that um, might be good for us to understand about your journey so that we can also consider how we can follow the Lord more closely through prayer and inquiry? Well, you know, um, it's very humbling <laughs> when the Lord speaks to us, you know, about Go to your book and you had read what I wrote about what I had you write about Thrive. <laughs> and I've had experience in the last week or so where I had to go to the book and I was reading this and I thought, oh Lord, forgive me of my pride. You know, I don't know about you. I'm going to, you know, God says to confess our sins one to another, right? Here we go. <laughs> All right, here we go. <laughs> well, um, I don't like to cook and I cook because we have to eat, you know, but I don't enjoy cooking. Some of my friends love to cook. I, as a matter of fact, I hate to cook. <laughs> um, well, I'm not so great at it or I'm, my problem is I'm not so great at it and I don't love it, but we do have to exist, right? So. That's right. We have to eat. My family needs to eat. So I cook, but I was at a, a, a meeting from our church and it was a, a women's meeting and I, when I walked in, everybody was eating and I had already eaten. And then it was my first time going to this meeting. And so I went in and then uh, when it was a wonderful, they had a wonderful speaker, you know, really great. Uh, but then they started uh, asking everybody, you know, uh, what they were going to cook for this and this, what they're going to, we need to cook for this, we need to cook for that, we need to get it here at such and such a time and we need to... And so, you know, I said, well, may I ask a question? <laughs> what is the purpose of this organization? You know, well, you know, it was explained to me that, you know, I said, do we just supply food? Do we just cook? You know, and it was explained to me that, you know, Jesus uh, ate and, and fed the people and, you know, used food and that was their ministry. And I, you know, and I, that night okay all right fine you know that's okay I don't have to do that you know and so when I got home that night you know something was nagging me and and, and I thought 
I, I pray, but then the, let it go. And the next morning, it was still there, you know. And, you know, it was kind of like there was just a little layer between God and me. And I said, Lord, I was guilty of pride. I'm guilty of pride, aren't I? I, I just don't like to cook. And I wasn't, I just, you know, I just wasn't going to cook. And I'm guilty of pride. You know, pride, God says pride is is what brought Satan down. And God said, pride comes before the fall. And so I thought, wow, I need to humble myself. So I said, Lord, I am so sorry. I, for, I ask forgiveness. Uh, if you want me to cook, I will cook. I will do that. I've said I would do anything for you. So I will do that. If you want me to do that, because maybe I'll meet someone who needs you to know about you by doing that. And then I read the next day in my devotions that it was talking about when we do things for others, it's like we're doing it for Jesus. And I knew that, but it was like, it was like, okay, you're cooking for me. And so it just brought a whole new um, revelation to me about that. So I'm going to be cooking <laughs> <laughs> and taking things, you know, here and there because you know, that's what lies ask us to do you know whatever it is whatever he wants us to do but the most powerful thing we can do is to pray that's the most powerful thing we can do you know we can reach the world in our in our bedroom or in our closet or in our even wherever god leads us to pray when my husband and i used to travel all the time uh a lot of time uh, I would travel doing, did a lot of traveling with him and I would awaken in the middle of the night and the only place I could go to pray was the bathroom because we just were in a hotel room you know I, so I, I know bathrooms oh my goodness so many bathrooms because of that <laughs> wherever God leads us uh, like so many I, I met so many beautiful women um, around the world but in Albania and you know many of them are from the Muslim background, and there's no way they can pray. And they, many, I have met many who go into their bathrooms and they don't, don't just go there, but they cover everything up so that no one hears them praying. So it's, that's what many people in the world uh, have to do. That's how powerful prayer is. Wow. If it weren't powerful, the devil would not want us to stop praying and would not want us to not be able to pray. So that's what we have to realize. Janet, you are just such a powerful woman of God and humble and uh, wholehearted for the Lord. And I just love hearing your stories. I'm so glad that our audience uh, today and in, in we'll probably divide this up into two or three episodes so people can really soak it up. But tell us again your website where we can get hold of the Inquiry into Majesty book and future books that you write. All right. Uh, can you see this? And it's Janet Broling, J-A-N-E-T-B-R-O-L-I-N-G dot org. Wonderful. Janetbroling.org. Thank you so much for pouring yourself out for the Lord and, and the assignments that he gives you. I can't wait to see what happens next. <laughs> and I look forward to staying in touch because God is speaking to his people and he's looking for those who will uh, enter into the conversation with him about their callings, their destinies. And I love that you are such a woman on fire in your purpose and destiny. Thank you for sharing with us today.
Oh, thank you for this wonderful time of sharing. What a delight you are. God bless you for all you do, Linda. Thank you for your power, for your for your intuition to get into this and reach the world. Uh, what you do is just amazing. I'm so thankful for you. Thank you, Janet. Onfire.global is a movement made of men and women who understand that past plans won't work for the future. We're in a new time and a new place that requires us to fan the flames of vision to a whole new level, going all in with God like never before. So fire up your purpose, come find your people, and frame up your plans to set the world ablaze together with me at www.onfire.global.